Okay, so embodied wisdom in difficult times. This time, last time, every time. How about embodied wisdom in amazing times? But this has been my anthem for the last few weeks. And some of you may know that the poet and songwriter and international rock star Leonard Cohen uh, passed away right during the same 24-hour period as our elections. And he wrote this long before. I'm going to read it as he wrote it. It's got some strong language, so, you know. This world is full of conflicts and full of things that cannot be reconciled. But there are moments when we can transcend the dualistic system and reconcile and embrace the whole mess. And that's what I mean by hallelujah. Do you remember that old song he wrote in the 80s, Hallelujah? He says, regardless of what the impossibility of the situation is, there is a moment when you open your mouth and you throw open your arms and you embrace the thing and you just say, Hallelujah, blessed is the name. The only moment that you can live here comfortably in these absolutely irreconcilable conflicts is in this moment when you embrace it all and you say, look, I don't understand a fucking thing at all. Hallelujah. That's the only moment we live here fully as human beings. So that's been one of my current anthems. This embrace, this I don't know, this embrace, this I don't know, this moment. We're going to start the teaching this morning with a personal story and then a little bit of a theory to ground it in. The personal story is mine. But I share it because we all have a personal story of the body. The body is both incredibly universal because we all have one, and the earth has one, but the individual stories of our bodies are personal. They're important. So when I came to meditation, I was 17 years old, and it was a time when mindfulness wasn't mainstream, and meditation certainly was not cool for teenagers or even a subgroup of teenagers as it is now. These days, there's teenagers all over the United States that come together in retreats that are partially silent. 30 of them, 40 of them, 50 of them will come together for five days, for seven days, to meditate and to learn these teachings. That was not true when I started. So I came here to Spirit Rock, uh, to an environment where everybody was two to three times my age and wondered, do I belong here? Nobody really looks like me. I'm not sure if they share my life experience or not. And yet these teachings and these practices... um, spoke to me really deeply, and so I stayed, and I trusted that the community could extend itself to me and and hold me, even though I wasn't sure. And it turned out that I was right, which is good news for me. Um, But why? 
why when nobody my age was doing this was I called to do it. In part, it was a spiritual calling that I've had my whole life. But the part that I want to share a little bit about was the more difficult part, and that was the body. Because I had a car accident that same year when I was 17 years old. I actually had an intimate encounter with my car with the sound wall between San Rafael and Terra Linda. And that intimate encounter happened at high speeds. So I hit the wall. And I didn't know the term chronic pain. That term didn't exist for me. What I knew was that after that accident, living in a body was a constant experience of low-grade to higher-grade discomfort that went on for years and years. I, did, I was too young to know, to ask for help, or what kind of help I might need or that I could get. Um, I just sucked it up and lived in a body that had su- suddenly become a hostile environment. So a lot of us have had situations where our bodies might look healthy and strong from the outside, but our internal experience is really different how it feels. And that was my experience. And so I needed tools. I also had a lot of heartbreak at that period of time, which is another story for another time. I needed tools to be able to see if I could get back in the body a little bit, Oh, I also had this habit, I bet some of you have had it too, of living from the neck up. <laughs> it's very culturally conditioned habit. So it wasn't just that I needed to get back in the body. I needed to get in the body to begin with. So it was like I wasn't there, and then my only experience of being there was painful. That's not a lot to work with. And so I came, and people said things like, be mindful of the breath. But I couldn't be mindful of the breath because my body hurt too much. I'd try to be mindful of the breath somewhere, and my back would just hurt, and my neck would just hurt. I learned that you can develop a lot of concentration with being with an aching back and neck. Right? Oh, it is? Okay. It's on at a different, different uh, uh, level. Anyway, I learned that concentration could definitely happen that way, but that the nervous system gets exhausted. So then I needed tools from the nervous system, and those tools were not available at the time that I started to meditate. And so I suffered. And um, you know, I got lucky in the sense that the body did heal after about six years. It could have gone otherwise. But I walked out of that realizing that the body is the teacher. It's not extra... It's the only vehicle I have to wake up in and that we really need teachings and tools and practices um, to not just attend to the difficulties because they will come, but to actually live an embodied resiliency and that that's possible. And if you'd asked me that back at that time, I would have said, no, it's just not possible. So um, I guess I'm bringing a message of hope I'm very aware that the flip side of hope is fear. We hope it will work out. We fear that it won't. In fact, it won't work out. We're going to die. If we get lucky, we get to get older first. Um, And there's a way of living within that reality that is um, resilient and enlivening and empowered and beautiful. So I'm actually just sharing that directly from the heart. Please don't believe it. I respect your courage to take the journey.
that's um, a great story, actually. <clears throat> Sums up pretty much anything I wanted to say. <laughs> On the personal level. On the personal level. Um, Trungpa Rinpoche said that we don't come to meditation to collect wonderful experiences. We come to meditation because we learn in the meditation how to relate to what is. And I think you were saying, you know, you came to meditation at a time when it wasn't hip. I was the same. I came to meditation very young, in Asia actually, and it wasn't hip at all. <clears throat> and um, I think the um, love affair with mindfulness right now is fabulous because it's reaching a lot of people. But something is getting a little bit lost. And what's getting lost is that meditation is a training ground teaching you to relate to whatever the situation is. Full stop. (laughs) Not to get happy, not to get better, not to go anywhere, but to actually learn the tools to relate with whatever arises. And what a better training ground than your own body? because we have constant arisings in our body, minute by minute. And what we have learned is um, to be habituated to those arisings. We're talking about pain. We're talking about pain or accidents or this or that. Um, We have learned to relate to this pain through very narrow lenses. And usually we think, I don't want pain, I want the good stuff. Don't give me that neck pain, don't give me that back pain, don't give me the emotional pain. Let me push it away. So we learn to compartmentalize, and that's really the first disease that we learn in our own body. We don't learn how to relate to our bodies in a direct way. And we create these little drawers in which we put our experiences and we label them. But what if your body is extremely good news. All of it. What if? It's a completely different mindset. And I know it sounds kind of, oh my gosh, yes, I welcome my pain. (laughs) It's not about bear and grinning your pain. It's about learning how to relate to whatever arises in the body. And I'm, you know, I'm a trauma therapist, so I deal with pretty heavy-duty stuff. Um, And have been for 25 years. So I've seen a lot of, quote, broken bodies. That's at least how people come in. They say, my body is broken, you know, because I've been tortured, because I've had abuse, because I've had this, I've had that. But really what's broken is their relationship to their body, not the body. The body is responding absolutely intelligently to whatever was happening. See, we sit in this amazing awake, vibrating, dynamic, living thing called the body. And very early we learn that somehow we need to divorce ourselves from our body rather than being here and learning from this wonderful patchwork of experience and engaging with that. So really when we're talking about awakening the body, it's about how can we learn to drop into that relationship more deeply, more intimately, and drop that kind of separation of this is good, this is bad, 
this is that trauma, this is this. And usually it is those experiences like your car accident, or I've had many of those stories myself too, that bring us to our knees. And that's when we go, the body goes, are you finally coming to see me? (laughs) Right? We're down on our knees. Because we can't literally walk, or we can't get out of bed, or we have such headaches, or whatever it is, right? And we call it somatization in psychology. But really, is the body communicating directly and said, Hello, will you relate to me? And not the way you think, but will you relate to me the way I'm teaching you? So when we're working with the body in meditation, and today I'm going to invite you into lying down, which usually everybody's like, finally lying down. <clears throat> um, and I'll tell you more about why that is later. But when we're working with a body, it's a direct experience of ourselves and ourselves. We're having a direct avenue to it. And what you're going to find, and I'm sure you know this already, is that first you're going to go, I don't like this, I have pain here. We start going through the history of all the things that are not working well. And then maybe there's a foot that feels kind of good connected to the earth. But do you know this laundry list? Yeah. So we need to learn how to even begin to understand how we view our body. We have a lot of views on the body. We see ourselves from the outside. I'm too thin, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm too... We have all those labels, yeah? And then we have all the patchwork of all those past experiences. But really what we're talking about is being held hostage by the narrative of that. And when we drop down and we lie down on the floor and we relate to earth and we relate to breath and we relate to sensation, we're relating in a very direct way to our body. And that's beyond story that's beyond any narrative, and that's even beyond the story of the human body. Because what we're going to find is a very deep connection with everything. Earth, water, air, fire, each other. And any of you who've spent time, I'm sure many of you have had experiences in meditation already, you know that when you drop into a very deep place, There's a deep sense of peace or connection. And that's even beyond trying to get happy. (laughs) This is a deep-rooted connection. And usually those experiences are rather embodied. So today is an invitation to come into this direct relationship into your body and see beyond how you've constructed the narrative of your pain or... This is why, you know, I have this neck pain. This is why I have this body shape. This is why I have this trauma. And see if we can drop underneath all of that. Because really what we are, we are pulsation. We are movement. We are fluid. We are rhythm. That's really what we are. We're kind of closer to the amoeba than anything else. And once we begin to feel that rhythm of our own body, it is nothing short than awe, I think. And such a relief, right? So, but as Heather was saying, it's a journey. 
because what we come up against are some of the roadblocks and some of the stories and some of the remembering because our tissue does remember. I'm a somatic psychotherapist, so I spend a lot of time with people remembering in their bodies. But underneath that remembering is a much deeper story. And it's a story that's free from the trauma and the suffering that we've endured in this lifetime. And it's actually waiting for you. That's the beauty. Like a beautiful river. It's waiting, waiting, waiting until you come back. It's been waiting for you for a long time. So that's the invitation for today.